welcome to the Acting Notes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about delving deeper into the work. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> I'll explain. So, I recently had the opportunity to watch a teacher who I really respect teach a workshop in Los Angeles uh, by the name of Anthony Mindel. And I'm always, you know, it's something I've done more than once in the past year. I occasionally will take photos and videos for the studio because I take courses there and I really love the philosophy that Tony teaches. And it's always so interesting to hear his thoughts on acting because he has a very a very fluid mind in the sense that he has all of these ideas he wants to share within a workshop they're not always related to for example the workshop here was on camera acting but not every thought he shares is in regards to how to improve your on camera technique a lot of it is about just improving your artistry in general or improving your life, which in turn improves your artistry. And so I always find whenever I walk away from those workshops, I'm filled with inspiration. And something I've been thinking about recently that I've wanted to share is this idea of how do we delve deeper into the work? Because I think we all want that as actors, right? We all want to feel like we really went far with a role. We hear those stories of actors who were so in character, right? They had these accidents on set that made it into the story because it was just such a raw moment. But what does it really mean to get deeper into a role? Because I think there's also a trap there, right? I know I've been working on a role for about a month now, and at a certain point... I just had to stop myself. I was working on it every day for three to four hours a day, you know, in between other jobs I'm doing. And I had to stop myself because I realized the work I was doing on it was becoming something that wasn't operating from a place of joy and abundance. It was coming from this place of fear. As though if I didn't do all of this work every day, there was no way I could accurately play this character. And so I took a break from it. Just for a couple of days. And then I got back into it, and sure enough, I found more things to explore in the next rehearsal. More insights that I didn't have before. And I've noticed it started to seep its way Obviously, I can't be fully conscious of this, but it started to seep its way into my unconscious. And the way that I recognize that is I start having dreams where I feel as though I'm almost the character in the dream. And for me, that's a clear sign that it's starting to embed itself into the subconscious. Although, to be honest, I think that does happen a lot sooner for everyone, not just me. That's just my indication, right? But why does it even matter, I guess, is a good question to ask. So what? You delve deeper. What does that mean? Your job is just to memorize the lines, get up there, and say them. And I guess that's true in some cases, right? 
I think there's some beauty in that idea. If you can take that pressure off yourself to create a character or delve really deep, if you just, you know, our first job, and sometimes this is just a job, right? We all want the roles where we feel like our heart is really singing, but we're not always going to get those roles. Sometimes you get just the silly one-liner, or you get a, a guest star credit, but you're not really playing the type of characters you're drawn to. And you have to do your job still, right? You have to show up and help tell the story. And sometimes that's enough. And that's okay. But on the ones that we do want to delve deeper, and I think even in those kind of roles, we can delve deeper, right? There's a line, you know, if you're the barista in an episode of Succession, and (laughs) you decide to come up with a 50-page backstory so that when you say, would you like cream and sugar? It's filled with gravitas. Then maybe you're doing too much. Maybe that is not the role (laughs) to be delving deep into. But there are other ones that we do want to do that, right? And why should we do that? Because I think the more we can delve deep, to me that's the more that we can explore both within ourselves and within the role. That's a really interesting concept to me that I've heard other teachers talk about. Um, The first one that comes to mind is John Markland, who teaches in L.A., very good teacher. I've worked with him a couple of times. And something he talks about, which I really love, is this idea of catharsis both for the character and for yourself in the work. His theory is that if the audience can see both the character finding a catharsis as well as the actor, they're not necessarily going to know, oh, that actor is also finding some peace here. But if that happens, it makes the work resonate with us on a whole separate level. And it's important then to delve deep into ourselves so we can know how to attach to the roles, right? In a deeper way. I think many of us have heard the idea that when you get a character or a role, something you can do early on is determine what are some qualities of this character that I already possess naturally, that are already kind of on the forefront of my personality, and what are the ones that are far away from me that maybe I need to turn up a little bit. That's something Ryan Gosling talks about, is how the way he approaches characters is just turning up the aspects of his personality that he thinks match the character, and then kind of turning down some of the other aspects. So that's not a bad way to do it, right? And again, that becomes so personal because for Ryan Gosling, his form of anger for the character, he expresses anger differently than perhaps I express anger or you express anger. And so even if we all find anger as an essential part of a character, it's going to appear in a different way, right? But I think that's where the delving comes in. We have to have some understanding of our own personal type of anger. And it's a very broad concept, right? Because there are different kinds of anger. There's actually a great video on YouTube about Jack Nicholson's portrayal of anger throughout his career and how you can see with every performance the emotions that are underneath anger, which is often the case with anger. There's often some emotion underneath that's guiding it. There's fear or 
loss or insecurity. I don't know if that's an emotion, but, you know, that can guide anger sometimes. But it just expresses itself in that way. So we have to delve within, because not only is that the way that we can find our own je ne sais quoi, of, uh, it was a flawless French accent, but our own personal stylings of acting, it's also the best thing we have, right? I think sometimes, you know, a lot of actors early on, and I think I did this as well, we start out kind of imitating the actors that we have watched and enjoyed, perhaps the ones that inspired us to get into the craft in the first place. And actually, sometimes that can work. That can get you through certain doors, just that copycat mentality. And that's, I think I'm putting it harshly by saying copycat. It's really more just a, you know, you're trying to find your footing and that's fine. But I think the actors that we all respect and appreciate, the ones that inspire us, are the ones that found their own voice in the work, that brought themselves to it. And so how much deeper can we grow there, right? There's a great story of John Cazale, the late John Cazale, who was in Dog Day Afternoon and The Godfather as... uh... Oh my gosh. I'm completely blanking on his name in The Godfather. This is so frustrating. I might look this up right now. Give me a second. I'm going to try and get it. I'm sure this is great podcast air. You're loving this. Nothing better than listening to the host try to remember the name of a character in Godfather. There's Sonny, there's Michael, and there's Fredo Corleone. He played Fredo Corleone. Corleone. uh, In The Godfather. And he was working with Meryl Streep, who would, uh, eventually, they'd get married. They were working on a play and having a conversation where Meryl said something along the lines of, you know, I think I have a really good understanding of the character now. And John turned to her and said, well, that's great, because now think about how much deeper you can go. And that's really it. It's an interesting thing with acting with any art form, I think, is that there's always more to do. There's always a deeper place to get to. And eventually, you just have to put it out there for the world, right? Because otherwise, it'll just sit within you. And I don't know if that's really our job as artists. So how do we get deeper then with the work? Well, one, I think you can just immerse yourself in the world of the character as much as you can. For some people, that's music, right? A lot of actors and actresses talk about creating playlists for their characters. I do that as well. I think when I was younger, those playlists became almost a thing I felt like I had to do to get into the mind of the character, which I think now is, again, operating from this place of lack. I like to think of character now. You know, there's there's debates on whether or not character is even kind of a real thing, right? Because in storytelling, it's often that your character is determined by the words and the actions they take in the story, so... It's not so much about extra things you add on. But I know I'm an actor that enjoys finding different ways of expression for the character and even just feeling like I'm not myself when I'm working while still bringing so much of my heart to the work. I like the idea of being a character actor, for example. Very Alfred Molina, in a way. 
but something you can do is immerse yourself in the world of the character. When Jake Gyllenhaal played a boxer in Southpaw, he was training in boxing gyms twice a day and then watching documentary after documentary about boxing. And then he would get more specific and granular with his character, like documentaries about boxers from this area of the United States, documentaries about boxers that were orphans, like his character was. And he just immerses himself in the world and life of this character. And so it starts to become more subconscious. A transformation starts to take place in a way. So that's one way we can go deeper, right? Is really immersing ourselves in the world of the character. And sometimes it's easier than others, right? If you're playing a historical figure, it's going to be easier to immerse yourself in information about that time, documentaries, movies that aren't covering the same subject matter most likely, but maybe are around that. For example, I'm going to be playing a soldier from World War II soon. There's millions of documentaries and movies and media out there that I can start to surround myself with so I can start to, you know, pick up some of those feelings. Is this necessary? You know, I don't know. I think working on the script is really where all of it comes from. And I view a lot of this as kind of extra stuff that you can do if you'd like, you know. But again, it's easier for certain projects than others. But the other thing is, let's go back to that John Markland idea. Finding catharsis within the character and within yourself. We want to try and relate to the struggles that the character is going through as much as we can in our own lives. You know, this is the idea of substitution, right? I know some teachers kind of teach the idea that you should almost think of your substitution in the scene. I don't think that's true. I think if you'd like to use substitution as a method to emotionally connect with the work, do the work beforehand, and then you have to let go. If you're, you got to let go in the scene and just trust that whatever shows up there is meant to show up. I think if you're thinking about the homework you did, then you get to a place, and I say this from my own experience as well, as someone who used to do all of this homework from a place of lack, I think it starts to then show up in the work, like you're trying to show people your homework. Not consciously, of course, but it starts to become that way. So instead, I think it's fine to just start asking questions about the character. Ask why they want things. Objective, 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 right? Why do you want what you want? What do you want in the scene? You know, start there and then ask yourself why. And what you do is you keep asking why until you get to some core that you feel you relate to, you know? You don't have to judge it. It doesn't matter exactly what it is. Just do you connect to it? Is it something that motivates you? And then once you feel that, you know, maybe remind yourself of it before you get up to run the scene. But otherwise, just trust it's there. And how do we find the catharsis, right? What is something we're struggling with that we can explore within a character? I know... I was recently cast in a production of The Ladies Not for Burning, which is a Christopher Fry play. 
and I'm playing a character by the name of Thomas Mendip, who, at the start of the play, shows up and says, I would like to be hanged, please. I've had enough of this world. I am ready to die. And so I'm realizing that I'm going to have to confront an aspect of my personality, which is that sometimes I can be a bit nihilistic. Not always. I think, ultimately, I tend to rely on hope. But, I don't know. Sometimes the world can be a pretty gloomy place. And I think that's something I'm going to explore with this character. You know, I can relate to a lot of the lines he says. He's a very cynical person about the world, and again, I don't really think that's me. I try to look on the bright side, but also I can understand it. Now, I don't know if that's going to make a good performance, because the truth is we never really know, right? I've talked about this before, but you can think that you are cooking, that you're just killing the work. And then afterwards, people will say, yeah, I don't know, it wasn't that good. Hopefully they don't say that, but, you know, you just get the vibe that they're not, they didn't connect with it. And then on the opposite end, you can feel like you're awful. Like you're not feeling it, you're slow, and people will love it. And you know, sometimes you'll give an amazing performance, you actually will, and someone still won't like it. It's not our job, right? But it is our job to delve deep within ourselves, our soul, our hearts, and open that up to share it, to share our views on humanity, on what it means to exist in this world, and what it means to be alive. That's our job, I think. Or at least that's a noble pursuit. Now, is every role going to be like that again? No, of course not. But I do think when you have the opportunity with some work like that, then you should take it. You know, because that's what we want to see. Before I go, I just want to share a quote because life is funny sometimes. I met a stranger the other day who happened to be an artist and we had a long conversation about both of our journeys with it. They were a musician, but so many similarities, of course. And they shared with me this quote from Martha Graham that I think is quite beautiful, and I hope you do too. She says, There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium, and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. No artist is pleased. There is no satisfaction, whatever, at any time. There is only a queer, divine dissatisfaction. 
a blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. Now, I disagree slightly with Martha, more on a first-name basis. I think there are times that you can find pleasure in the art. Absolutely. But it's a bit like Don Draper says in Mad Men. What's happiness but a moment before you need more happiness? It's fleeting, right? There is that dissatisfaction, that desire to always keep digging deeper and going further with the work and taking on more challenges and trying to find new meaning. And that's okay. That's, I think that's the worthy pursuit. It's a pursuit that we are unsure if we will ever achieve. And that's kind of what art is, right? We're pursuing this essence of story, of heart. And maybe it will come through. We're not entirely sure, but that pursuit is noble. Andrew Garfield talks about some singer who I'm, is a very famous one. I just don't remember their name. But talks about how that person, I want to say it's Elton John. I'm probably wrong. But let's just say Elton John for the sake of this and just never quote me on it. But he says that every night Elton John would go to bed and have a dream of the perfect song. And then he'd wake up and he'd forget it. And when he wrote his songs, he was trying to capture what he dreamt, knowing he never would. And so the dissatisfaction of the artist, I think, is that unrest that pushes us forward. Or at least we should try to see it that way. You know, acting the career, so much of it is not acting. It's updating your materials. It's networking. It's working on lines. It's working on the character. It's You do all this work for, you know, 10 minutes on that day of shooting where you're actually in front of the camera and delivering truth. And then the other two hours, you're doing inserts where your hand is grabbing a cup and things like that. And obviously, I'm, you know, I'm exaggerating. There's differences. But there is all of this other stuff that goes into it. And yet... I don't think we would do it if it weren't for the fact that in those moments where we are there, there's a divinity. There's something beautiful beyond beyond everyday existence, I suppose. It's hard to put into words. It's ineffable. But I think there's a beauty in that. Anyway. Thanks for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a rating and review because it does help the podcast grow. And, I mean, the podcast has been growing Wonderfully, anyway. I'm always so appreciative to see the number of people that are listening. It's so kind. I'm, I hope you're getting something out of it. I know I'm enjoying making these episodes. This is one I'm making so late. And I thought I might be too tired to do it, but once I sat down, I just got this rush of energy. So I think that means I'm enjoying it. 
You can also reach out to me at the Acting Notes on Instagram or TikTok if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. And be sure to give us a follow over there as I often share advice and tips that don't always make it to the podcast. And a huge shout-out to Max. I got to meet a listener of the podcast at that same workshop. And, oh, it was such a treat. It was so nice. Really made my day. Uh, Thank you again, Max. That was just the kindest thing. And I really do always appreciate anyone reaching out. Um, It's so kind, you know. It does not go unnoticed by me. So thank you for everyone that has. And even if you haven't, thank you just for listening. All right. This has been the Acting Notes. I'm Justin Powell. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.